Hello again, folks. Welcome back to Around the World in 80 Cigars with me, Nick Hammond. Now you are with us, and hopefully this is going out over the festive break, or there or thereabouts. Uh, so I'm hoping you've managed to spend some time at home. I don't suppose then most of us are going anywhere else, frankly, um, in this most bizarre end to 2020. I hope you've had some time with your loved ones and friends uh, where possible and where safe. Um, and another pod is out to keep you going as we head into the new year and what can only be a better one. Of course it can. Uh, this interview was recorded back in the summer um, and it was a lovely sunny day. London was just trying to get back on its feet after the initial COVID um, lockdowns. And, uh, and I caught up with this gentleman in his lovely office in a quite extraordinary place. Um, today's guest is the secretary of the Oriental Club, one of London's oldest and most prestigious private members clubs. Uh, the secretary is Mr. Matthew Rivett. And I've got to know uh, Matthew over the last few years, working closely with the Oriental, which is one of my favourite places in all the world. It's just a home from home to me and many, many other members. Everything from the food, the ambiance, the decor, the paintings, the staff, the drinks, the bars, the rooms where one can stay, uh, its position just off Oxford Street, although you'd never know it, it's in its own tiny, quiet little enclave. It's just a wonderful place. And I wanted to give you a little flavour of that. And so I had a chat to Matthew. Uh, and we talk about what it's been like for uh, an institution such as the Oriental, which was founded by the Duke of Welling, uh, Wellington back in 1824 and has been owned by its members ever since. Quite testing times for them as well as uh, many others in society. So we talk at length about that and how Matthew has kept things going uh, and got the team onto new and exciting things like the, the amazing uh, Oriental Curry Express which means that even non-members can now take advantage of some of the most incredible Indian and Western food that you will find anywhere in town and get it sent direct to your door for a bargain price. It's a great initiative and I know it's going from strength to strength even now after we've uh, several months after this interview. So do check out orientalclub.org.uk to find out more. And let's hear from Matthew. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Secretary's Office at the Oriental Club uh, on the border of Marlebone and Mayfair. And I'm very pleased to be here today. It's a hot day. We've got the window open, so I hope there isn't much clanging and banging. But it's a warm, muggy day in London. Still pretty quiet out there, but things are happening and people are getting jobs done, which is what we need right now. And I'm delighted to have with me Mr. Matthew Rivett, who is the Secretary of the Club. Good morning, Matthew. Morning, Nick. Lovely to see you. And you, sir, as always. We were just chatting then about the general situation and how things are. We might as well address that. I mean, how, how has this affected you in terms of the club for a start? <laughs> Where do you want me to start? <laughs> and, and how long have you got? Well, let's just have a quick brace. This sort of existential crisis. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, we are a club, therefore, um, for us, we're, we're several things. Um, and I would say in, in no particular order, um, because 
different people might have a different judgment on, on which all of these come. But we are a membership organisation. Yeah. Um, we are a hospitality business. Um, and until recently, we employed uh, nearly 80 uh, people. Um, and we are the owners and custodians of a grade one listed building in central London. Mm. So there's a bit of uh, minor estate management and certainly building management uh, that goes on. We are part of the community. Uh, we're technically in Marylebone, uh, so we're part of the Marylebone community. We have neighbours, residential neighbours, commercial neighbours. Yeah. Um, and we have a supply chain. We have suppliers who who produce everything from uh, sheets to laundering the sheets to potatoes um, and, and everything in between. So, you know, we, we, we have a lot of touch points with a lot of people. We've got a very international membership. They're all around the world, mm. nearly 3,000 members, and nearly 800 of those live beyond Europe. Um, really? So, yeah, we are, you know, we are affected in, in every um, possible way. Yeah. And would this time of year, presumably, normally a lot of those 800 would be coming over. Yeah, we, we've basically, um, we've lost a year, <laughs> probably, right. because our, our haymaking um, months, right. um, uh, and it is quite seasonal here, L- lots of people are under the impression that London, it, because it's so international, doesn't have a season, but it does. Um, uh, it, uh, the people visiting London are on business, they're on leisure, they are what we call domestic, so UK visitors, sometimes mm. international visitors, European visitors, all of which have, have different needs and they come at different times. Um, and, and we've lost our summer season, which is the sort of traditional social season from the Chelsea Flower Show. Yeah, um, test um, matches, a, Wimbledon. Exactly, exactly. All, all the, the whole um, gamut we, we've, uh, we've lost. And they are the times where traditionally the club would be fully occupied. We have 40 bedrooms. Um, and and the members would be staying here. They'd be eating and drinking here. They'd be celebrating parties here. We yeah. would be helping them um, go to these social occasions. Uh, quite often, we'd be hosting picnics um, and um, another sort of hospitality at these uh, remote uh, venues. So we've lost that. Um, August then traditionally very quiet for us. Um, you don't get a lot of business folk in in town um, uh, during August anyway, and the sort of um, the the UK um, uh, the, the UK leisure uh, members would normally go on holiday quite mm, often yeah, yeah. A- abroad. Um, so normally August is quiet for us. In actual fact, we had a little uh, reprieve because um, our good chancellor, with his eat out to help out in, in August. Uh, we participated because we, we thought there's no reason not to really, and, and our members, um, you know, collectively saved quite a lot of money by coming here whilst that scheme was running. And did you find that that did help you get up and going again? Well, and... I found it helped the country get up and going yeah. again. So, so you know, I, I think our members came here, but our members would have gone out anyway because the whole country, I felt, yeah, um, once they'd realised what it was all about, which <laughs> took, I have to say, took about two weeks. I think the whole country piled t- in, t- t- did everything they could to pile in and, and go out, um, and and you know I think so. So we we rode that wave along yeah. with any along with everyone else in the country. I, I would imagine, including people that weren't actually doing the scheme, because it, you know everyone just I think so. just went. It out. became a bit of a 
bit of a party, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, so I would nice whoever one. came up with that idea, I think I think he or she needs a pass on, on yes. the back. That was that's a good one. It was innovative. It did what it said it was going to do. I don't think it costs the Treasury an awful lot of money in the grand scheme of things. No. And, of course, there's all the tax revenue that, that's down the line that they'll have actually taken in. So you never know. It might, it might have been... Cost, and it created an awful lot of goodwill after a difficult yeah. time, didn't it? It, it, it did. Um, we're, we're now in September. Some people say September is when things start getting busy. Actually, the first couple of weeks in September are always quiet in London right. um, because people haven't really come back yet. Um and even if all the offices were occupied, you, you wouldn't find things terribly busy for the first couple of weeks in September. Um, and we, sh- our second season of the year should really be starting uh, from, I would say, next Monday. Uh, and, and it ought to go right up until Christmas. Um, and as it happens, I don't think we'll have that season. I, I, think, um, I think it will be very subdued. What would that be normally? Events and private dining and that sort of thing? Yeah, Um general use uh, it's it's a time of year where lots of sort of business meetings happen right lots of international travel um families might tend to families with grown-up children or no children might tend to have their holiday um and and in our case visit the club yeah um and then you've got um uh, private dining you know october november are peak months for dining groups um uh, re- regular business, you know, where people have the same dinner every year. So, third Thursday in November every year, there'll be a dinner. So, so all, all of that would normally happen, and then Christmas for us really, in inverted commas, starts about the second week in November, and you start to get um, people celebrating Christmas. You know, we're not a huge venue; we don't have big banqueting, but we've got some little private rooms that, that are popular. But what we get here is a lot of. Um, just individual reunions, so twos, mm. fours, sixes, eights, tens of groups of people, quite often from school or college days, um, that, or the yeah. army, or you know the services, some point during their career where groups of people were together, they will have their reunion at the club every December. Uh, it just seems to be what, right. what happens. Yeah. Um, so that makes the club normally a very busy place. Um, and then we do pick up the odd sort of office party from a member who wants to have his company um, do here. Um, and we have quite a lot of schools, um, independent schools who we have relationships with, might have reunions. Right. Um, and um, they quite often have year group yep. uh, reunions. We do a lot of that, that sort of thing, uh, regimental dinners. It all happens between now and, and, and the end of the year normally right and i you know i i have a sense that 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 isn't going to happen really to put it mildly well and that's a huge loss for you isn't it yeah in uh, so how do you sort of (laughs) because i know you a little and i know that you'll come at this from a right what can we do as opposed to what we can't do but how so how do you look at that problem that you've got this beautiful place and for those people who don't know the place gorgeous building tucked just off oxford street um, very civilised place. The food's extraordinary. The people are lovely and friendly. And um, it's just a very special place. But it needs, like everything else, to be run as a business. How do you sort of say, OK, well, we've lost X, Y and Z. Let's create A, B and C. Is that is that basically what it comes down to? Try and replace revenue? Um, yes. Part, I'd say part of a package. Um, so... 
and, and there's there's one thing missing from from your description. Yes, we run a business, but also this is a this is a big old building. Yeah, you know this is um, uh, and around, it's a stately home type. Yeah, thing, it's fifty thousand square feet, um, and it needs people in it. It needs a, you know it 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 doesn't have much soul when there aren't many people in it. And no. actually, we've got to a stage now where there are you know twenty, thirty, forty members coming in for lunch and dinner every day. There's few members staying in the bedroom so that the heart is back and the soul is back yeah and actually that's that becomes a bit self-fulfilling because if you come on a day when there's a good atmosphere yes i think you're more likely to come back sooner if you come in if you came in the sort of the third week in july and there were two other people here you you might not you know run back in a in a hurry so well that's a good point matthew because when this was when lockdown was on you stayed here for some time didn't you yeah i did Um, and and how was that when the place was (laughs) absolutely deserted well i've been here for long i'm in my ninth year so i know the place quite well um and i do take it you know i take an interest in the detail i know uh, and i love the building yeah um uh it's it's a part of my job that i embrace um um, but but it, it's a it's a sort of um, it's a slightly unhappy building when melancholy there aren't, yeah melancholy is a great description um, when there aren't um, people here and um, you know we in fact one of the reasons I was here several reasons um, I don't believe an old building like this should just be um, abandoned abandoned no. and, and mothballed for all sorts of reasons um, bit bit of security yeah. Um, but actually more practical things like running the taps um, and having water flow through the pipes and making sure that yeah. the place doesn't get too hot. As you say, as soon as a, your eye's taken off a place like this, things go wrong, don't they? Yeah, it, 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 it's, it's kept in a very fine balance, just about, normally, <laughs> when it's being well used. Yeah. When, when an old building is not well used the cracks really start to show very, very rapidly. Yes. Um, and actually, a, lo- a lot of the things that work, work because they're being used all the time. When you stop using things, you know, they, the pressure is taken off them, and, right. and that's actually when the cracks show. And that, so you, you know, went from room to room opening taps? Room to room, yeah. So, um, I mean, I and others, we took it in turns, but I would tend to do seven days and seven nights here. Right. And I live in Sussex, and I'd go home to Sussex for a few days, and someone else would do it. But um, uh, two or three hours a day, um, going around the whole building, um, uh, running all the taps, all the showers, flushing the loos, um, <laughs> uh, checking all the doors, checking the roof, um, and j- just on patrol, really. I, yeah. I, I regret, I was going to film it one day. I was going to put a GoPro on and, yeah. and film the Would thing. I didn't get I didn't get round to doing it. There was always something more important to do. Um, <laughs> but I w- I'll do it. We, we tend to close for a few days over Christmas, so I might... I, I, I think might you should. It. I think it'd be interesting. Can you get right up on the roof? Yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. Uh, on the roof, we have... Um, there's a walkway because we have water tanks and right. uh, the flag and, you know, ve- various other oh, yeah. bits and pieces that, that need... I'd love to see the to. view well, from that. Happily take you up there. Yeah, any, I'd love any, to see. Anytime. Was there any bumps in the night while you were uh, here? <laughs> were there any, well, we've got two cats... Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. So the club, the club cats uh, who are employed um, as mousers because we're in London uh, in an old building and we'd rather keep the mice out. Yeah. Uh, and they're pretty effective at doing that. So they they were around and there was always at least one other person here was so that, that I right. could have a, a kip. Um, okay. Although I did set up a camp bed in the bar uh, <laughs> as, a, as a provision just in case it it was just me at any point so that I could be close to the front door, you know, in, yeah. in case we were approached. 
Um, but no, no bumps in that. There are there are rumoured to be some ghosts around. I, there are various characters, but I I don't really. You haven't seen her. Well, no, and I've had I had a funny experience in another in a stately home actually that that I used to. Um, where I used to work and I was doing night mo- night watchman there one night and oh, I had really? a very strange experience. So I sort of, I, I feel I've had... I've what, had, you saw something? No, I heard something. There was a, it was a place called Castle Ashby in, oh, in no. Northampton. That's my, my neck of the woods, yeah. And, um, and um, uh, there's a long gallery which, which spreads the width of the front of the, of the house. Yeah. And, um, I mean, it must be... 100 yards long you know and I'm, I'm not exaggerating and, right. and it's a wooden floor and it's there's nothing below it because it's a it's sort of hovering on the first floor level and below that is a courtyard and um uh, so when you're on this wooden floor you can really hear your footsteps yeah and they sort of echo and there are three rugs uh, along the length of the um <laughs> uh, along the length of the floor and between each rug there's a gap of a, of around i don't know 12 feet, something like that. So you hear your footsteps. Yeah, clunk, clunk, clunk. And then when you're on the carpet, you can't really hear your footsteps. And then you get to the next bit and you hear your footsteps. Anyway, after two of these, I was on the carpet and I heard... And I turned around and there was no one there. But I, you know, they were very clear. Really? Yeah. yeah. And they were, it's and it unmistakable, was, isn't it? Unmistakable. And it was too long to have been an echo from my own footsteps, you know. So I was pretty Did terrified. it give you the really? Yeah, it really did. <laughs> and, and, and there was... Um, I was locking up at the time God. and I can't remember how many there was something like 100 rooms in this place and um, you, you, you can only lock it up in one order so you sort of bolt every door behind you <laughs> running as you yeah, go <laughs> yeah running so I you know there was no quick way out oh, I had Lord. to carry on I was halfway round well, not terrifying. even halfway round um, but back to your, your point mm. really which is a commercial point yes um, we are you know, I'm conscious there'll be all sorts of people listening to this in, in different situations. So yeah. I sort of, I'll make a few declarations because it's important for the context. Set the scene, yeah. We own the freehold of this building. Yeah. We are fortunate. Our, our, four, our members own this club. You know, they are de facto without that. owners. Um, and w- without that, you know, things would have been difficult. So we, we, we don't have the spectre of rent right. to, to deal with. But, okay. you know, owning something comes with, comes with other issues as of well. Of course. Um, you know, there's no one else to blame. We're, we're fully responsible for keeping everything going. But w- we own the freehold. We're fortunate. Our, our forebears um, um, uh, ensured that that was the case. And, in fact, our first and only president, the Duke of Wellington, was quoted as saying to the, to the first committee in 1824, gentlemen... I give you one piece of advice, always own your freehold. And for those that know the Oriental Club, that advice has served us very well just over the last sentence. almost 200 years, Incredible. and not, not just in, in the context of Stratford House where we are um, today. So w- we don't have that, and we have been able to... Um, uh, we are compatible with several of the government support schemes. So, for example, we've had no business rates, um, which, which had gone up enormously. Yeah, I mean, our business rates are um, in the region of £350,000 a year. It's obscene. So, you know, that's that's something to pay um, before you've turned the light on in the yeah. morning. You know, that, that, and that's the, the difficulty with business rates in a place like this is they're not linked um, to your turnover or your profitability. So they're, they're, if you're Harrods... Yeah, you pay the same. Well, we are. What I always use the example that you know, if Cartier or yeah. someone like that were in this premises, that the the um, 
the the rates bill would be the same. Yes. Uh, as as it, uh, uh, and we offer, we operate broadly on a not for profit basis. So Absolutely. and that's our choice. But it's part of our model. But you um, should be allowed to have that choice. Well, exactly. And yeah. they're basically saying, well, you can choose to do what you want, but they, these are the rates. So we haven't had to pay rates. And we've had some benefit from the furlough, the job retention scheme, although we kept um, 12 staff um, employed and not furloughed throughout because of our membership organisation aspect. And we wanted to... I'll come on to that. We, we wanted to really drive that forward and not forget about that. Others have done other things. So, okay. Some clubs have mothballed and... Has everybody done everyone's it slightly been differently? Everyone's done it slightly differently. Mm. Um, and we've, we've... And it's, you know, it's a question of appetite to risk and, um, you know, whether you, whether you believe it's worth the endeavour, but we believed it was worth the endeavour of really keeping as much going as possible, yeah. even when we were legally unable to, to welcome our members. So... We 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 did a we did a few things. We we made sure that that was in order, um, and we basically trimmed our cost base quite early on. You know, I I took a very uh, I was showing quite an interest in um, what was happening in Hong Kong and Singapore back in February, um, and I could see it coming here. So we started okay. to put things in place. Um, what the government now calls COVID secure policies. We had those before it even existed. Right. Uh, and at the time, people were sort of laughing a bit about, yeah. about you know, we were, we were putting in barriers Don't at the front door thoughts, and, yeah. and asking everyone to sanitise and all of that um, sort of thing before it became de rigueur. Um, but I also knew there was going to be a downturn in business. So, yeah. so we started really to, to look at structures very early on. And, you know, I, I say this n- not in a cold way because these things they are emotional we are like a family here mm. um but i knew that we couldn't sustain the the headcount that we had um back in march for long right we we did um we 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 did everything we could to keep things going as long as it was sensible to do so but once it once it was obvious that the club couldn't operate at all for about 3 months um and you know I forecast effectively the levels of business that we're broadly doing now, which are very, very retarded on, on where we would normally be. Is that be. pretty much what you thought might happen? Yeah. The bedroom usage is even poorer than I thought it would be. <laughs> the F&B is slightly stronger, okay. but the F&B is, is, is really not profitable. It, that's al- it's almost provided as a service that's to the That's the subsidised yeah, bit, isn't yeah, it? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, Whereas there's a bit of margin in bedrooms, which which keep the whole thing in balance. Right. Really, with the, the commercially, we're in fine balance, and when we go out of balance, as we are now, um, it uh, it becomes very inefficient very quickly. So yeah. unfortunately, we had to make a few redundancies, um, and then and there were some sort of natural losses. Uh, members of staff decided that they you know preferred to stay living at home with their folks or yeah. Um, stayed in Italy after they'd been back home there. I understand or, or, that. Yeah. Or, so what did that cut staff down to? Uh, so we're now at 52, um, okay. which is about where we, I think, will be. We, we've, we've effectively cut a third off, off the payroll. Um, and we're now, we wouldn't need to increase that by many more to be quite a bit busier. So, okay, you know, it's a restructure that that um, has actually enabled us to be fitter. Yeah, um, g- going forward, and and again, I think um, 
I think some of the slightly less commercial businesses in London maybe are only doing that now or contemplating doing that now, whereas we did it early. Take the pain early. Yeah, yeah we took the pain early. The staff, hopefully, therefore, know where they are Yes, and, and can look ahead now instead of you know have, having any fear. Um, we've been very open and honest with everyone all, all the way through. Um, the members know where we stand and, and you know we're ready to do the levels of business that we think we're going to do and we're, we're capable of, of, of doing a bit more then on the other side so so we've got the cost base down really as far as we can and renegotiated contracts and looked at anything that was unnecessary and then on the sales side we, we've tried to be a bit innovative um, we've provided um, complimentary and discounted accommodation for our members who live in the country to get them into town to yeah. make it easier to for them to them come in. to incentivize them to come in and of course when they're here they eat and drink here and, cool. and, and they they realize that actually as you described earlier london isn't particularly busy right now yeah it, it's not a terribly scary place no. um public transport isn't trains are empty moment. yeah i mean it's it, six months ago a tube was a pretty uncomfortable experience. Right now, yeah, it's like you've booked a first-class ticket Absolutely. on the Underground Railway. You know, it's um, it, it, it's it's actually it's a good time to come to London. You In know, that regard, unfortunately, you? no, no theatres and, and no entertainment, and you've got to book your ticket to go to a gallery. Yeah, uh, but there's you know, but there's the, some upsides. There's some up, there are some upsides. Um, and then we've done we've started a whole new endeavour of member engagement through online uh, communication yeah um uh video conferencing um video interviews lectures you very kindly did an evening for us on cigars yeah um and like lots of these things um in a way this is a blessing because you know there's no sense or logic as to why we weren't doing this already there's no, there's no. never an occasion where all of our members are here. Um, so the, it enables us to reach much further and to and, and the, the engagement with our with our members. It's been very popular, hasn't it's it? It's been incredible, mm-hmm. um, and we've had more feedback through things like this than we ever do over the you know, quality of the sirloin steak or whatever. It, yeah. It's it's really is, um, it, it it's really enhanced the quality of our relationship with our members in in both directions. Um, which is very rewarding and, and I think a, a great base uh, to build on. So, so that is going to be a permanent part of our Brilliant. of our portfolio. And, and of course, what we've now moved on to is a hybrid setup where, where possible, yeah. if something can happen in in a compliant and COVID secure way at the club, and it can be on a video feed to members at home and interactive, then that's what we do. So, we we started the first one of those. Um, Last week, which coincides with our, I suppose, our latest and probably highest impact initiative, which is the Oriental Curry Express. Well, I was going to come on to that. I mean, what a genius idea! So, for those who haven't seen my little video I did the other day on Instagram, um, this parcel arrives by courier. This box, a chilled box with um, with ice blocks in it, and inside is this beautifully packaged and labelled. Curry for two, uh, and it's simplicity itself to pop it in a pan of water and just warm it up. Absolutely fantastic, and you know, you know, really is like being here and having the food here because, of course, it specialises in Eastern food, the club, and that's a whole new new story in its own right. So this brilliant idea was for thirty five quid, you could get a, a curry for two delivered to your house, 
courtesy of the kitchens of the club. Absolute genius, and it's gone through the roof, hasn't it? Yeah, we we so so I I conceived of this myself back in April May. Great idea, and I sort of wrote it almost on the back of an envelope. Did you? Uh, you know, idea. Let's let's do that. What well, and what's the premise? How cheaply can we do this? It, the premise was. Um, the premise at the time, I can't remember what the premise was, but it was... <laughs> there was it, one. It was, it? Yeah, there was one. It, it was, what can we do to, to produce something for the members yeah. that they don't have to come to the club to get? I suppose that was really... The real the value. The next thing was, well, what do we do really well and what would be compatible with that? Well, curry. Yeah. Um, and then actually the logistical challenges and the cost yes. came last. Okay. And we didn't launch it until they were in order. That was the biggest challenge, actually. Was I mean, we did quite a lot of experimenting in terms of getting quality right for yes. uh, because we flash freeze the curries just before we send them out. Yeah. Um, uh, really, so that we can send them in an ambient um, courier rather yeah. than refrigerated courier, which is ju- just basically prohibitive. Um, is it? Well, unless you've got a thousand orders going out, right. um, you, you've got to basically fill a van. So that process you must have been through to get where you are now—it's well, quite exhausting. Well, isn't well it? it is, but for, I mean, I didn't get very far myself. That's the honest. That's the honest truth. I, I scribbled down a load of ideas. And they I made on. a few inquiries. And I suddenly realised it wasn't going to be very easy. No. It was only when, really, the, the, we were able to bring more of the administrative staff back. Right. That we've got a couple of heroes, uh, Andrea and Sophie, um, who um, basically got to work in sol- solving the problem I'd, I'd given them. Right. Uh, and, it, and it was, you know, through getting specialist packaging and negotiating arrangements with a courier and making sure the courier understood what they were carrying yeah it's not the sort of thing that you can sort of miss the delivery and leave it sitting on the post That's office shelf for three days exactly yeah. um it, it's very very time sensitive so we didn't launch it until all of that worked and we we tested it on our on our on our set i think you may have been a yeah a guinea pig i was an early um, guinea pig much so, to my happiness um what, what once we cracked that i set a sort of arbitrary target of 100 a week yeah we got um in the uk we've got about uh, 1200 members yeah okay. across the uk and i thought uh, maybe we could do 100 a week no one believed me the cooks didn't. What cook. they said is, there's no way that you get 10. percent Well, it, these are new, and these are these are yeah, these are just sort of new. Um, th- this is very much thinking outside the box for us. We're very traditional yeah. here, and, and well, that's what. Although needed, we try though. to be innovative, yeah, you know, we're we're not exactly in, in a conservative way. Yeah, in a, in a very <laughs> conservative way. Yeah, uh, and you know, the cooks I think did a, we cooked about 10 portions of curry, and and we bought about 20 boxes, and really, you know, we told the courier there might be four a week or something. There was no sense of scale. Right. And in the first week, I think we did 120 packages, so that's 240 curries. Amazing. Um, and at one point in week two, we were doing 60 packages a day, 120 curries a day. Crumbly. So the whole scale has gone to a different level. And, and you know, we're cooking all the curry in the club every day, basically to order. Right. The, the orders arrive in the evening. Yeah. Uh, they're cooked the following morning. They're flash frozen. The courier comes at four o'clock. And, and they are the with phone. the recipient the next day. So that's at the minute running at 40, 50, 60 boxes. It, it's, um, we, we were at a peak of 60 last week. Right. It's going down to where I sort of think it's going to settle for a while at about 20, 30 a day, yeah. um, which still exceeds my, my 100 a week quite, quite comfortably. But actually, if, if, we, if we did 100 a week consistently, yeah. it 
will form a major contribution, not, not just to, to our to the commercial arm of our business, but to our outreach to our members. Yes. So, so we're already talking about subscriptions, um, uh, vouchers, so that uh, they can be gifted to friends and family and they yes. can order them themselves. Absolutely. Party packs. Um, Brilliant and, and a la carte selection, so you can tick different starters, different mains. Have and, and a dinner party and all that. Exactly. Yeah. And then we will probably expand the range to beyond Oriental as well. Right. Um, now, we're not kidding ourselves. We, we are try, we, it's only going to work as long as it remains positioned somewhere reasonably unique for our members yeah. it, you know it's not um it's not a ready meal from even the best supermarkets you know because because it's Absolutely. it's been cooked lovingly in the kitchen yeah by by professional chefs who and are doing very really, small batches. Have they bought into it now? When they saw how they flew out the door, have they got enthused yes. about it? The, the, the feedback is a hundred percent positive. Brilliant. Yeah. I think we've had one failed delivery. Yeah, and even the members said, "Well, I realise this is not your fault." Um, yeah. But but we've not had a single um, a sing. I mean, ev- everyone. The the, the the I'm thrilled about it, as you can probably tell. I can't, yeah. I can't really talk about it. But um, <laughs> the point is. You know, even your even your local takeaway that might be really, really, really good. Yeah, and that's the one you swear by. This is a different, different product. Different. It, it's it's as if you are in the Oriental it Club. Is. But it is. It, it travels so well, and as long as you follow the instructions, yep. there's really no difference between what you end up with at home no. and what I would be serving you in and half an no hour's time up. in our dining room. No washing up. And the beauty of it is, you're right because it brings that little bit of the club into your house, yeah. which is what we've all been missing. And you see the logo, and it and it just makes you feel good. Yes. And you're in touch. With it's people, that sense of sort of joy opening yes. something. The club has sent you something. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's come from our kitchen here in Stratford with Place. Love. With love. Yeah, and it really And the chefs really bought into it now? The chefs have been tremendous. Um, the, the, the kitchen brigade are the real stars of the show um, because, you know, the, 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 there was a sort of... Um, there was a structure, quite a rigid structure in the kitchen where, you know, X does this and Y yeah. does that. It's all hands to the pump because this is... Frankly, oh. paying everyone's wages right now. Yeah, you know, th- this this is our major endeavour, um, and and everyone is involved, and and even beyond the kitchen, um, Martin from the cellar, uh, Jan the breakfast chef. You know, they're packing boxes. Brilliant. Sophie and Andrea and Annabelle. You know, anyone with a spare minute. Yep. Goes down to what was the staff refectory is now the curry packing station. Really, and you know, at, at sort of two, three, four o'clock every afternoon, there's a frenzy of of, of putting the orders into the boxes, putting the ice packs in, taping them up, Super. putting the address labels on, taking them up. You know, we don't have a loading bay here. No. We don't, we're not really set up for this. We're so they're all of, going out the front door. Everything's going out the front door. It's hilarious. So if you arrive at the club at four <laughs> o'clock in the afternoon, you have to negotiate your way. Around hopefully sixty boxes, yeah, um, uh, which are waiting for the courier. You know, who thought that they might they could send a chap on a bike to to pick two boxes up? They're now, now sending. Van, they? They're now sending the high top van every afternoon. Brilliant. Um, to to pick them up. Um, so it's just fantastic. It, it's a source of great joy. Yeah, um, and it gives you us. a fillet, doesn't it? Oh yeah, totally, totally. And and it and I can't think of any reason why it shouldn't carry on. No. Um, indefinitely, as part of our mix of what, no, because of what you've just did. you've just immediately created the best takeaway <laughs> that you can get your hands. Well, on. You can say that. You can say that. I couldn't possibly. <laughs> I couldn't. Possibly but, possibly but I am. Very, 
I wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't really, really good. No, it's brilliant. I love it. And so we hopefully we might see that expand in some ways and you know increase often. Yeah. I also think you know we, we've had a private, um, a private sort of outside catering, private dining offer for some time. We've never really started promoting it. We've just done it on an ad hoc basis. If a member asks, "Can you do my son's twenty first party right. in my in my paddock?" Then we turn up and do it. Oh, really? But I think off the back of this, the members will be able to visualise much more easily that we are capable of doing things and a slight. Yes. out of the ordinary for, for us at the club and we'll send chefs and waiters in a van to anywhere in the UK oh, that's and, and provide a party at home when of course that's permitted at yeah. the moment we're pretty restricted on that um, but but you know ho- hopefully um, there'll be life beyond Covid and that will be another arm of, yeah. our, of our operation because that is one of the great strengths of the club is its cuisine isn't mm. it without doubt um, w- when I first um, came here it was you know th- there were all sorts of things that needed doing but the battleground if you like was always going to be the dining room was it if you if you get if you get that right you've got a chance of doing you know feed people make right. them yeah ha- make them happy in their bellies yeah <laughs> and then they'll put up with a lot you've they? got a chance yeah. yeah give them a comfortable night's sleep yeah in a clean room yeah all of these very very basic principles of hospitality yeah um it's terribly easy to forget them and to ignore them, but when you do, do so at your peril. Yes. And unfortunately, the club has sort of slightly lost its way. Um, and we tackled that straight away. We um, uh, got some very talented chefs, and we basically decided to 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 start from scratch. Um, and actually, where we've ended up, I think, is quite a nice place because we have um, we have Eastern yeah. cuisine, which we major on and it was net it was all it was a bit of a punctuation in the past for the club. really it was a sort of yes we do we have a curry of the day it right. wasn't particularly good but now we have you know very talented highly qualified curry chefs yeah um who who make a very varied high quality um only slightly anglicized um curry offer um and and that is a, you know that is 50 percent of what we do at least is it yeah uh, uh, curries then we have what you might call classics. Club classics. Club classics, London lunching classics, you know, which again, we do really well. We don't have 50 items on the menu. No. But you have three or four of those and do them really well and really focus on the ingredients. And then we have some innovation as well. Yeah. Um, and, and quite often that ends up being on the eastern side of the menu. Um, but a little bit of that to keep things fresh and, and to give the... Um, the the talented cooks an outlet for some of their creativity to give the members something interesting um, and you know quite often we we have we have club events where members can buy a ticket and come along and have yeah. a shared experience in normal times um, and and quite often at those sort of events we we try to be a bit more creative with with the the food and drink um, on offer mm, absolutely uh, now we whet the listeners' appetite how can they Come and see you. Ah, well, this is... And how uh, does it all work? This, yeah, this is the great challenge, really, isn't it? It is. Um, we are a private members club, yep. so we're, we're not open uh, to the general public. So that, what does that practically mean? Well, um, it, really, the, the club is um, of the members for the members. Right. Um, the, the members are the de facto owners of the club. There's no shareholders. There's no holding company. There's no dividends. Uh, any surplus we manage to produce is kept inside and ploughed back into to keeping the club going and to, and to improving it. And generally speaking, the traditional route to becoming a member is to be proposed 
by a member right um, who then finds other members to support your um, application yeah quite often that means that the the other members are supporting the good judgment of that member proposing you of yeah. course yeah um, but also you know you would be expected to come in and, and, and meet those people as part of the process the committee yeah. who are who are members elected by other members to to um, uh, preside over the the arrangements at the club um, the committee will consider what we call candidates yeah people who have, who have been proposed for membership all of which sounds quite intimidating but I'm yeah. sure it isn't well it's actually, it's a way, I think, of just determining, you know, yeah. every, everyone's different, Nick. And as you know, you spend a good amount of time at the club. We are very, very diverse here. Yeah. You know, not all clubs are. Some, some no. clubs, frankly, all the members look the same. Yes. And they all went to the same school. They're, they all went into the same business. Yeah. They all own land in the same area. Whatever it happens to be, they might have the same politics. Here... Um, it's very, very diverse, which I think is a product of our history. Um, there are members here from all over the world, from all um, all faiths and none, every flavour. Yeah. Very, very mixed uh, membership. It's not all like-minded. It's, you know, interesting people who share stories and socialise with each other in Absolutely. the bar. So there aren't many people that you could say, well, couldn't be an Oriental club member. You've got to be what we call clubbable, which is, you know, g- good in the bar. We, we say, would you... Would you be happy having a drink next to this candidate. You right. know, would you would you feel that you're going to enjoy their company? Yeah. Is he going to bring any value to the club? Is he going to bring? Yes. What is he going to bring? What right. can you add um, um, to the club? Um, ha- how well put? And actually, so th- this this process, which which as you say, could sound intimidating for me, it's a measure of does this individual want to make a bit of effort? Yes. In in order to, to so it's quite a positive thing in that. Oh, way. I think so. Yeah. 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 And, and and actually. Um, those members, those candidates who really want to join, don't find any difficulty in in putting no. a bit of effort in and basically writing a letter and saying what why they would like to join. Their proposer saying, you know, what a decent lady or gent this um, candidate is. Um, uh, these are the things they've achieved. These are the sort of things that that they're interested in. These yeah. are the things that they might want to participate in at the club. Um, that's not difficult at all, uh, and and it it does. Um, it serves, I suppose, to to filter out um, speculative um, inquiries of people who who actually don't. You know, here we require you to to make an effort. Yes. It's not a financial transaction being no. a member of this club. No, yeah. There's a little bit of that involved. Yeah, but, but that's you can't not what just it's about. Walk through the door you, and you yeah. can't walk through the door, write a check, and join. It, yeah. do, it simply doesn't work. Like okay. That. Um, you, you you've got to want to join. Yeah. You've got to demonstrate that you want to join, and you've got to demonstrate you've got something to bring. Yeah, which I think is entirely reasonable. Yeah. And, and 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 what are we talking for a country member at the moment in terms of subscription? Uh, a country member, if you're in the prime of your life, you know, <laughs> between your thirties and your uh, and your seventies, is is around about a thousand pounds a year. Okay. That's, that's what it would cost you. Um, but you know, and and for that you get access. Yeah. You know, you get to belong to the club. You 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 become an owner of the club overnight. You get to vote. Um, and, uh, you know, you can be as involved in, in the club as, as you like. But as, as you alluded to earlier, um, it also gives you access to, uh, we don't really use the word subsidy, but they are subsidised prices. They are below yeah. commercial market prices for food, drink, mm. events and accommodation. Yeah. Um, so it is certainly a fact that 
the more a member uses the club, the better value it gets. Yes. And that £1,000 effectively um, dissolves as soon as you've stayed three or four nights and had the odd lunch and dinner or, you know, a, a meeting or, or, or if you make use of the club a few times a year, you will find on balance it's already good financial value. Yeah. Um, but it's a sort of, it, you know, it's an investment for your, we, we want members for life. Uh, uh, really yeah and you know you get to enjoy coming here in great comfort no crowds um ju- just off bond street uh in in the center of town mm. uh in in our little oasis here that's yeah. exactly Which i think is quite it, a treat it is for me uh, uh, and you know it's a home from home for me yeah uh because and that's the greatest compliment you could pay me because, you know, if you spend a lot of your time, like I have done, I'm not currently, but from going from hotel to hotel, it's quite a soulless existence. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you wake up not knowing where you are and nobody knows who you are um, and you're just a number. Whereas, you know, when I come around that corner at night after another event or something and the flag's flying and I feel like I've come home. Yeah. And they say, good evening, Mr. Hammond, how are you? And, and I just sleep like a log. Yeah. Um, and I just think it's the best place, as you know. So thank you for all that you do. Well done for keeping it going. Thank you. And all power to your elbow. And as you know, anything I can do to help. Um, and I, we will certainly push uh, listeners to come get in touch with you and find out a bit more and, and, and see what it's all about. Well, we get the odd vacancy that comes up in, yeah. in, in the membership role. We, yes. we, we admit uh, a few dozen members a year uh, and we do you know, want to meet new people. Um, the, the club is... Uh, is is richer because of its members uh, and the diversity and the interesting and the, um, you know, the usage that those members uh, bring. Yeah. Um, so a- any inquiries would be welcomed. And, you know, we don't bark at anyone. We're very hospitable. Yeah. Uh, the club isn't for everyone, but for those uh, people who may be looking for a London home, a London base, um, of course, we also have a reciprocal network of, of uh, sister clubs all around the world that we have agreements with that you can you know, visit similar establishments all around the world, things like that, um, then, then get in touch with us. We're, we're on the World Wide Web and social media, and I don't think we're that difficult to find. Be careful what you type into your Google search. Uh, but really? uh, you know, <laughs> we are the Oriental Club in London and um, in Stratford House, and um, I'm sure people can find us. Definitely. And... Um... And maybe you could uh, you could arrange to check out the uh, the uh, Curry Express as well. If you're lucky enough to know a member, they might send you one because that will really give you a flavour. We're already getting a lot of that. I, I'm, Are you? Uh, yeah, it's such a small world. You know, I think everyone in the UK must be one step separated from a club member because <laughs> I'm getting emails left, right, and centre from people saying, "How do I send yeah, it to a friend of mine? Had this, or I would like that." Or really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was invited to the dinner party last weekend and it was, your curry was served. How can I get it? You know, which is fantastic. That is superb. When I know for a fact my father-in-law, you know, I would fall off his chair if I sent him a curry. Well, so that's right. on the... It's, on the, it's, the, it's the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, well done. And thank you very much for talking to us. Thank you, Nick. Great pleasure. Pleasure. Mr. Rivet there. I hope you enjoyed that wide-ranging discussion. What sticks in my mind, particularly from that, was the ghost story, amongst other things. Um really interesting man and uh, you must take the opportunity if ever it is offered to you to get inside those hallowed doors that's it for this week there'll be another pod in a couple of weeks or so stay tuned please do like subscribe and review it's really important and it helps 
keep posting your comments and things uh, on whatever provider you've got. That would help enormously. Uh, you can catch me, of course, um, live with Souter Cigars on Instagram Tuesday nights and Friday nights at 6 p.m. Always a bit of fun. There are also dozens and dozens of reviews up on the YouTube uh, Souter YouTube channel, which attract thousands and thousands of people from all over the world. Do have a look on there. Plenty for you to get your teeth into. I hope uh, everyone is keeping well. We'll keep going. Send in your suggestions, ideas for interviews, your thoughts. Uh, nick at nick-hammond.com and I'll be very pleased to hear from you. All the best to you all. And as always, look after each other.